Hi everybody, this is Dan Kritzky, and tonight we're going to be talking about Green Lantern Mosaic, issue 15, and if if you remember the last time we spoke, I commented on how from here on out there will be no more delays in the releasing of, of uh, these episodes, because, you know, Super Show and Life and all that got in the way for a little while there, but, you know, I was certain it wasn't going to happen again, and then right as I finished recording the... <laughs> first take of this episode, technology decided, no, no, don't like this. I'm going to get rid of this. So it did. And at that point, my availability to record again wasn't shaping up to get this out anywhere before now, which should have been when we were airing the episode for issue 16. But that'll be, that'll be next week now. And actually, let me, let me retract that because if anything, this is a lesson to never record yourself making a promise and put it on the internet for the world to hear, because something's gonna happen. Anyway, let's jump into this, and I just want to note that the first time around, I was actually kind of pleased with how the episode turned out, and I was not working off of any notes, it was all off the cuff, so... So yeah, let's hope this goes half as good this time. Uh, as I said, this is uh, episode, f- episode, issue 15 of Green Lantern Mosaic, the Jon Stewart solo series from the early 90s. Well, let's, you know, let's do this a little differently. Let's not go through the issue first. Let's, let's deal with the big revelation first and then kind of, kind of take a look at the scenes and bits around it. Um... John has been keeping a secret, and it's a doozy. It's, you could almost say he's been keeping it from himself, or he's been trying to at least. I mean, he's been aware of it the entire time. He just... You know how sometimes something's... You, know, you, you, just, you just don't want to admit something to yourself. You try your best not to think about it, and you keep yourself in the here and now, and... You just try and push forward. John's been... He's been doing that, and... Oh, boy. Alright, just cards on the table. John Stewart created the mosaic. Not the old-timer, not the Guardians. It was John. And, you know, I'm just gonna let John himself speak for himself here. <laughs> um, I'm reading from, like, page 17. You know, John is walking along with Chip, and again, remember, this is all in John's head, where he has to confront his deepest, darkest inner demons in order to to fight his way back to the surface of his own mind and break free of the Peeper's control. And Chip tells him, you know, we'll be, well, basically, we're going to be here until you embrace what you've come here for. So after a pause, John says, and I quote, Finally, I built everything around my wife, Katma. 
when she was murdered, I felt I had to balance that out. I had to be a savior. I tried to be Zanshi's savior, but became his destroyer. To balance that out, I had to be more. I had to be a universal savior. That's why my unconscious took control of the old-timer's shattered mind when he tried to commune with me in his solitude on Oa. That's why I created the mosaic. That's why I brought Sinestro out of the lantern, isn't it? He didn't have the power just to pop out and take me over. I had to drag him out with all the power of my ring. Because I needed him for his will to control. I had created the mosaic, but how could I keep it running without strength like his? Then, when I was strong enough, when I began to take on too much of his will, I tossed him out. With no concern for anything but the continuance of the mosaic, I tossed him out to roam the universe. No wonder it was so damn easy to win that fight. I never fought Sinestro. I only fought my own awareness of my deeds. And that fight, I've always lost. Now that... That is a lot to take in. And my first thought is, okay, what would have this been like if the book wasn't being cancelled? Because the way it's presented here, like, this is a lot of information just hitting us out of nowhere like a truck, which is ironic since Chip gets hit with a truck again in this issue, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and it would be easy for somebody to accuse them of just just making this shit up because they know they're out of the time. But considering... I, I mean, remember... Cully Ham... Uh, not Cully Hamner. He's the artist. <laughs> Gerard Jones. His big plan for this series called for, like, phase one. The introductory period to be the first two years. And he has to wrap up everything he wants to do with the series basically in less than two years' time now. So, so if you ask me, I think this is where he was ultimately going to go with it. Just the delivery of it is a lot more abrupt and out of nowhere and maybe kind of, kind of, what the fuck, than it would have been otherwise. Because he just, he, his hand's been forced and he has to play these cards way too early. Um, that being said, to, looking at it from John's perspective, the rationale kind of makes sense, you know? I mean, look at the order the tragedies that define his life has happened in. And they've gotten progressively larger, and his reaction to them is, it's, it's just, it's been compounded one after another after another on a progressively larger scale as he goes. You know, it's, it makes sense when you remember that the one thing this book really, really works hard to tell us is that Jon Stewart is by no means your perfect ideal superhero. He's a person who's struggling with everything every day. So, and and actually, you want to make that into the most dangerous combination, you throw in the power to do almost anything. And that's what Jon has. So you put someone who keeps experiencing tragedies like those into a situation where he has autonomy to do whatever he can imagine as long as he has enough will. He's going to try and and make up for it. That's that's what people do. We We try to cope with terrible things in irrational and unrealistic ways. And 
<laughs> throw cosmic power into the mix and you get this. You know, I mean, it raises a bunch of questions, and which John even shines a light on later himself. Um, uh, did, uh, did the Guardians know that John created the mosaic? What's really going on in terms of their experiments? Because they... So remember, they, they in the issue where they tore the mosaic, they made it very clear, they blatantly said that there's something about this whole deal they're not telling John. So was it that they know where the mosaic came from, or that now that it's here, they really are doing something different with it? Because it's, it's not a test tube for harmony, like they keep trying to say it is, so what aren't they telling us? We still don't have an idea of that. And, and you know, he even throws out there, okay, well, why has all of this death and tragedy and destruction been following following me, following John for so long? You know, why did the Predator and Star Sapphire kill Katma? Why did, why did it have to be him in the position to do the whole Zanchi thing? Why? And immediately after that, he even throws out there that there's maybe maybe it's not supposed to be an answerable question which which again you can take it both ways you could take it as something profound about life because we really don't get the answers to the big questions just the answers that we make for ourselves or you could take it as there's just not gonna be enough page space to answer them oh man so yeah that that revelation on its face, the whole John created the mosaic thing, again, it makes logical sense to me, which is probably the point, considering the architecturally minded way John approaches things. You know, they make they make structural sense, but does that mean they're a good thing? I'm really going to be interested to to give this whole series a reread after a, after a little time's passed and. I've let it settle and look to see if there's clues throughout where I can kind of tell, okay, in hindsight, I can see where they were going. At least up until the point where they announced that they've been canceled. Because because up until the the time of the cancellation notice, that's when the storytelling for this this particular creative vision was the most pure. And that was that's the era where nothing was shoehorned, so... So uh, I'll be sure to update people when I do that, though it's probably not going to be for a while. It might not even be this year. Um, okay, so the issue itself. You know, again, this is continuing off of last time. They're in John's head. He's going down as far as he can go to try and deal with his own shit so he can find a back door into reality. Okay. And he wakes up on a road. His road, which is... It's a nice metaphor again like every time they put the spotlight on this road it comes up as a as a different better metaphor than it did the first time or the last time whichever um you know chip one of the chips because there's like five of them floating around even describes the road as uh the long straight construction that was supposed to solve all your problems which is a nice little callback to the kind of the difference between john stewart in the mosaic and other Green Lanterns and other superheroes in regular superhero fiction because you know the the road again John Stewart wants to be Hal Jordan he idolizes Hal Jordan and this road is a very Hal Jordan solution to the problem it's a straight line from A to B that that fixes up 
how everybody feels to each other, or at least ideally, that's how it does. And speak, speaking of Hal Jordan, we get some more parallels to the whole John Stewart Hal Jordan dynamic, if you want to call it. Because okay, a, tr- a big yellow truck flattens a bunch of chips again, and this time John forces himself into the cab, only to find a very Joker-esque-looking old timer. You know, Apollyops of the Guardian. He's making all these allusions to what John's been going through in the mosaic being just like what Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen went through when they were the uh, hard-traveling heroes uh, trucking across America, highlighting the fact that all these weird aliens they've been encountering all this time are just analogs for for regular, real-world cultures and peoples and and uh, situations, which which is a standard sci-fi trope anyway, but it's an interesting way to throw the focus on to the idea that John Stewart it, no matter what is still kind of running parallel to Hal Jordan if somewhat in his shadow uh, speaking of Hal Jordan <laughs> they run into him quite literally uh, uh, the old timer's truck plows into the the old beat up truck that Hal and Ollie went across country in and and who's inside it but Hal you know? and he's he's doing the stereotypical Hal Jordan thing of of uh, kind of taking the the uh, detached, almost out-of-body approach to thinking about this, this whole superhero thing and the, the tragedies and casualties that go along with it. And, you know, this isn't how Hal would really talk about any of this stuff, but right now, like, again, this is in John's head, remember, so this is how he sees Hal, kind of. Yeah, that's That's really not fair to say, actually. That's... See, this entire time, John's been kind of learning that the way Hal does things doesn't really work once you take a step back and consider the bigger picture of everything. It's too simplistic, it's too streamlined, it's too... Basically, John's got in his head this stereotypical representation of Hal that he knows is wrong, whether that's an accurate representation of the real Hal Jordan or not. And... This Hal Jordan is telling him that, you know, it doesn't even matter if I'm here or not, if I'm dead and gone or right next to you. You'll never be rid of me. You'll never be out of my shadow. And John just freaks out because he, again, he wants to be his own man, but he doesn't know how to be his own man without being someone else. As he's trying to strangle Hal Jordan, he erupts into flames and becomes Sinestro. I should say Hal becomes Sinestro, not John. Although, there's there's something to that, because Sinestro even says to him, you know, what's the big difference between Hal and me? You know, we're two sides of the same coin. We were all about control. And, you know, consider what we learned earlier, that John purposely dragged Sinestro out of the central battery so he could basically gain his, his strength, his confidence. In his own eyes, John needed to become like Sinestro, at least to a degree, to effectively be the man he wanted to be. Plus, he's always wanted to model himself after Hal Jordan, who he idolizes, and Sinestro and Hal Jordan are kind of two sides of the same coin now, so it's... 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 wow. <laughs> it's... I mean, it's a lot, and it's, it's something John himself doesn't even really want to take in, which is probably why his mind gives him a nice little distraction, as, <clears throat> as uh, before he can freak out completely... Uh, Star Sapphire and the Predator show up, and 
we should note like this is again not the real them in John's head blah blah it's you know a representation of Carol Ferris and the predator as he was before the advent of the entity so it's just the uh the guy in the black jumpsuit with the silver armor bits all over and the the lasso for some reason basically if you've seen in current storylines the predator entity possess someone the weird looking suit they get it's that so uh and there's this great two-page spread of the two of them just racing at john who's like gearing up to fire his ring and and this is awesome like i would recommend anybody if you're i mean if you're like me or you're like jim and you wish to god you could see john and carol just fight it out or argue or whatever because of their history and what they did to his wife this was a great page turn this was a great reveal i wanted this so much and unfortunately only lasts about four pages but it does get, give us kind of a satisfying end point to that conflict and when i say the conflict i mean the fight scene because he's by no means over this and nor should he ever be but you know he gets to, he punches the predator in half and shoots carol or oh, sapphire with an energy beam that just shatters her in like three places it's 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 gruesome and it serves a point because it helps get him to where he needs to be because all the while they're taunting him with how you said you would protect your wife but then you didn't it's just like with Zanchi, and you said you were going to protect them but then you only serve to destroy it it's, and it's just like the mosaic which which John, after it's all over, after the fight is done, he said he's yelling, "Oh, it's a lie! It's a lie! It's a lie!" Except that it's all true, and that's kind of what got him in the right place mentally to kind of accept the big revelation of himself creating the mosaic. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, well, after he makes his big acceptance of his responsibility, the road collapses and. Chip even said it's symbolic of him cracking that nut. Um, but it leaves John buried underground, under rubble, with blood flowing out of him. And and he says he sees it, and he's like, you know what? That's the red, isn't it? The bl- uh, what's he say? That's the red, isn't it? The blood pulsing through the decaying bodies of all my self-deceptions, all the stains of my acts. I find the red, and it's shaped like me. Which would be a really poignant kind of ending to an issue almost, except that the blood pool gets up and it forms itself into the body of Katma, Katma Tui. Again, clearly labeling her as the something red. And she basically says to John, and again, I keep, I keep feeling like I have to remind everyone and myself that this issue is 100% in John's head. Um, <laughs> but still, Katma says to John, you know, you know, you've you've come a long way. You've gone as deeply as you can, as deeply as you need to go. Now you can go back to the surface, and I'm going to take you there. And in classic Superman pose, she flies him up towards the surface, and she says to him, Once armed with the deepest truth of yourself, you have to go back to the world to learn the rest. You have to go back to the mosaic, John, to prevent and ensure its destruction. Which is a really interesting pair of word balloons, because on the one hand, it says flat out that 
you're going to get out of here and you're going to learn something else. You're going to have, like... you Basically, I'm expecting him to have one final grand revelation about this whole thing, hopefully relating to the Guardian's role in all of this. They, they Again, they know something. We need to find out what that is. And secondly, the whole... The concept of, you know, he has to pre- uh, prevent and ensure the destruction of the mosaic, meaning that, okay, he has to keep this from becoming just the next l- in a long line of horrific, catastrophic failures, like Zanshi, but at the same time, he created this for kind of his own selfish purpose, and if he has the ability to uncreated to send these people home he should do it and you know what maybe those two revelations are tied into each other because because basically the one thing keeping them from going home all this time has been the guardians refusal so if the guardians do know where the mosaic really came from maybe the reason that they've been denying those people the ability to go home all this time is because they wanted john stewart to get to a place where he could do it himself not in terms of raw power, because he conceivably could have done that already, but in terms of of his state of mind and his getting over needing to do these things to compound these these grand acts to to alleviate himself of the guilt and responsibility in one big sweep. Um just flip through and make sure there's any is anything else to mention here um um the only other thing I've known the issue I think is the fact that when the old timers driving John around the mosaic they make a detour to Zanshi where he's on the streets watching all the bodies burn and fly off into space as gravity kind of kind of turns off and gives out and and the whole place is erupting a fire and they're screaming and this is a view of this I mean he was on Zanshi when it blew up but this is a view he's never seen before I mean I myself have said in the past that I kind of want to see John move on from Zanshi but if you keep this in continuity if you take into account what he saw in these two three pages right here he, he he never should. He should never, ever get over this. Whether it was in his head or not, he should never be over it. Um, Alright, that's it for the issue. And I gotta say, the, this issue more than makes up for the previous issue where I was just... I was just frustrated with it being a colossal waste of time. But it's... This was really good. This is This is what I like to see out of a a trip through the mind of Jon Stewart. We got answers, they used the space very well, and it really propelled the story forward as opposed to just meandering on like last issue did. And yeah, that's that's about it. The letters page it apparently all the letters that are coming in are basically kinda eulogies for Mosaic because people are just writing in about how awful it is that it's being cancelled and how it deserves to be to be continued or get a longer run, how it's their favorite book, it's something special, and and it's, this makes me wonder just how how uh, fair and balanced the letter column is, because they printed two pages of nothing but people sad to see Mosaic go. 
I'm being a little cynical with it because I mean, on the one hand, uh, Gerard Jones has initiated this massive call to arms for people to support this book to try and get it to live on in some fashion or another. So a letters page jam-packed full of people lamenting the cancellation couldn't hurt. I mean, you know, but at the same time, this is the same book that has printed just as many negative things as it has positive things, so I don't know that I'm ready to say that they're stacking the deck, you know? It's interesting, though, that um, <laughs> there's multiple, multiple letter writers in here that really hope that the Mosaic world and the characters will get to live on at least in part through Green Lantern Corps Quarterly, which is <laughs> funny because that series itself is <laughs> basically about to go the way of the dinosaurs too at about the same time. I wonder if they knew that yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, nothing really in way of, of uh, noteworthy letters this time around. And as far as the forum goes, oops, where is it? There it is. Uh, this was this would have been the feedback for issue 11, unless I'm mistaken. And this actually, this lines up nicely, because this was the last issue that went in John's head that was really, really, really cool. This was the one where he, uh, he meets Chip in that tree, and we get all that good stuff. And, you know, I get light on feedback this time, but uh, JK comments that well, um, remember in the the episode I had said I would love if Rage Kitty or someone or something would end up on the mosaic. Um, JK says, speaking of Rage Kitty in the mosaic, wouldn't that be an interesting way to bring something similar to this book back? Something even bigger than the Guardians. Maybe the life entity puts all of the core together on Oa, or maybe the center of the earth and basically tells them, you can only escape this world once you get your shit together. And... Well, that center of the earth comment would actually be kind of appropriate considering what oh about the current state of the life entity. You know, now that Brightest Day is over, I won't spoil it, but if you know, you know. Um, actually, speaking of Brightest Day, that actually goes in large part to what I would like to see them do with the mosaic today, because that's the one big thought that's been resonating through this entire thing, this entire run of letters, the letters page in the book, the forum feedback, and my own musings with this show, is that everybody kind of wants to know, like, can Mosaic exist and thrive in a present-day market? And was that ultimately the big problem with it being cancelled in the first place? That it was just as unviable in terms of marketing back in the 90s as it is today? And brightest day again no spoilers but you know dc is well like minor spoilers like whatever you probably know this already and if you don't know you probably don't care dc is has reminded us that the doorway to vertigo can swing both ways you know characters can go from dc to vertigo come from vertigo to dc go back and forth and hell, there's even one particular character that DC has chosen to allow to exist in both imprints. You know, his his exploits that have been going on in the Vertigo line will continue, and meanwhile, there'll be a version of him in the regular DC universe to do regular DC universe things. So, so I think what I'm going to settle on is that ultimately, if they were going to try Mosaic again, 
I say bring it back that way. I say leave the current Jon Stewart where he is in the DC universe and continue using him, you know, with impunity and and give us a second version of Jon Stewart that exists solely in Vertigo. Launch Green Lantern Mosaic or just shuck the Green Lantern title in general and just call it Mosaic. I have absolutely no idea who I would want to see write it or draw it. I kind of think we should get somebody else's creative vision at this point because the narrative Gerard Jones was playing with and what he wanted to do has already kind of been compromised by the fact that he had to hurry along with the cancellation of this book but you know who knows he had a lot mapped out so he should at least be like a co-writer or a creative consultant for the book um but yeah just just picture that okay just picture the kind of quality Vertigo usually has and the Hell, even on a superficial sense, the awesome covers, the very, the more art-driven stuff they do, you know, just, you know, and it could even be, it could be this John Stewart, it could be him ten years later, or hell, even do the John Constantine thing and make him, I'm sorry, Constantine, I apologize to all of our UK listeners if there are any, um, but do like they do with that character and let maybe let him age in real time. You know, have it be ten years after the first mosaic experiment. Let every month, every year be a month and a year. You know, there's a month between issues, so each issue, John. And I would highly advocate letting this be a series of nothing but one shots. You know, still number them and everything by all means, but but let them be one shots because at its core, the strongest thing about the mosaic, the most interesting thing was just the exploration factor. You know, what you learn about Jon Stewart by following him through this weird, weird place. And if you can embrace that, there's no... T- there's You could have a run lasting years and years, and it would be amazing all the way through. Plus, if you let Jon actually age throughout all of that, like, gradually, like a real person does, and show it, and acknowledge it, and revel in it... Like it, oh my god! I I got myself so excited to read this book, and it's probably never going to happen. Oh Jesus Christ! You know, you want you want to write letters to DC about something? Write letters to DC about this. Try and get this to happen. <sighs> Not gonna hold my breath though. Okay, time to time to wrap this up because I think I'm actually already longer <laughs> than the first take of this episode was. So before this crashes again, uh, you can contact me at. Dan at LanternCast.com or the show in general at LanternCast at gmail.com We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter just look for LanternCast under both of those go to TheComicForums.com to talk about this episode this issue and all the rest and please do leave your feedback I want to hear all of it it will all make it to air if not in this series of episodes then in the regular LanternCast because there's only three more issues people um also, also, okay. We have a new phone number again. I swear... I'm not... I don't even know. This one, you know, we have had such a roller coaster of problems with our old voicemail service. We finally just dumped them. We're going through another more reputable service right now. And we have a better number now. It is 708-LANTERN. You can go ahead and figure out what numbers that means. <laughs> um... So call in, leave voicemails. I think 
we have a voicemail message. I'll I'll get on that. Uh, but you know, seven oh eight lantern. Leave us whatever comments you have. Don't be nervous. <laughs> it's we really do value what you have to say about the material and our coverage of it. So, so I will leave you guys with that. And I'll see you next week with issue 16. 16 of 18, guys. Three more of these. We're almost there. <laughs>